0: Hi, it's Finn Dwar from the Irish History Podcast and this is a staycast from ACAST. Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard Maclean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the ACAST app or wherever you get podcasts.
1: Hello and welcome to the Mirror Football World Cup Daily Podcast, brought to you in association with BetBright. The last 16 is here, and it could not be any more exciting on the opening day of knockout fixtures: France against Argentina, and then Uruguay against Portugal. Uh, we're going to be looking ahead to those fixtures. Uh, I'm Aaron Flanagan to do so. Joining me, uh, kind of on our little panel, is Jake Polden. First of all, hello. How are you doing, Jake? You alright? Very well, thank you. Good stuff. And uh, debutant, Gulliver Burroughs of, uh, of of the Mirror Video Desk, we've, we've hired, you. I've hired you this evening. How are you doing? It's
2: very exciting to be here. Very good. Very excited for tomorrow.
1: Uh, good stuff. I say and a, a fun day of football uh, indeed. Uh, but we're going to, first of all, before we speak to you guys, so we're going to speak to Simon Mullock, who I spoke to a little earlier today, uh, who's out there in Russia and he's going to be at the France and Argentina game tomorrow. Uh, I suppose. Simon Mullock, really appreciate you joining us on the Mirror Football World Cup Daily Podcast. Uh, first of all, Simon, you've been out in Russia for uh, the best part of two weeks now, or just over two weeks. Uh, how was how it treating you? How are you enjoying Russia?
3: I've got to say, Aaron, that um, I, I mean, I've been to Russia a few times before uh, working, um, and I've got to admit that before I came over, I was a little bit kind of, uh, I, I was, let's let's say, I was I was a, a cynic in terms of how well I thought the the Russians could organise the tournament. Um, I've got to say, though, the organisation, security, everything, has been first class, Um, not just for reporters, but for for fans as well. Fans that I've spoken to have been really delighted with the way that they've been um, sort of treated over here. Um, Really friendly welcome. I mean, I may have been based in Kazan, uh, which is in Tatarstan um about an hour and a quarter sort of east of east of Moscow. Um and, and like I say, you kind of you hear all these stories of but before you before you sort of come over to Russia about infrastructure and things like that. Um not seeing any teething problems whatsoever. It just it's just gone really, really smoothly so far and obviously um the big bo well the, the, the big bonus for that is is I think that the football's been so good um you know it's been a great world cup so far and uh hopefully that'll continue into the knockout stages
1: yeah so fingers crossed they've been very very, very exciting uh, the football anyway uh, you mentioned the fact that everything's um been organized so well and obviously but there was a bit of apprehension beforehand i think from a fan's perspective a lot of it was that obviously the trouble at euro 2016 they thought there might be some violence or anything have you seen any signs of you know any trouble anything like that or has it all been pretty pretty plain sailing so far
3: well, to be honest, I'm not seen I'm not any trouble whatsoever. Sort of personally, I mean, you, you see the odd little bit. I think I saw um, some some Argenti- Argentina fans causing a little bit of trouble on on Twitter. Sort of, they you, were you filmed and it was posted on Twitter. I've not seen any trouble at all. Uh, like I say, I've been in Kazan, and um, the fans that have passed through here, sort of, you know, Colombia, the French team. There are a lot of Argentinians around now, they Just seem to be really. Enjoying the tournament, um, I've got to say, for some reason, there were a lot of Peru fans passing through here, and um, it, it was just absolutely fantastic. I was also in Euro 2016, and I got a, a very close-up view of the, the kind of damage that Russian hooligans can do, and it was it was pretty scary. And I think that's why there was a you know, like I say, I was, I was a bit cynical about allowing Russia to stage the tournament. Uh, but I remember speaking to Andrei Kinchelsky, the, the former Manchester United winger, uh, and he said, look, there is a, a real uh, determination of all the, the, um, the Russian people to show Russia off in its, its best light. And I think so far, um, that, that, has, you know, that has proved to be the case. Um, I suppose the good thing is, or the positive thing, is that Russia is still in the tournament and started the tournament off really well. Um, so the the Russian people have just really got on board with it and, and like I say, so far so good.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Um, as far as the football is concerned, you've been to uh, quite a, a variety of matches so far this tournament. What's been the particular highlight for you uh, while you've been out there so far?
3: I've got to say, and I'm not just saying this because, because I'm an Englishman, but um, the, the South Korea-Germany game was just, to, in terms of... Um, in terms of just sort of sheer drama, was was absolutely brilliant because you, you just a bit like the Manchester United of all, really. You just expect Germany to to grind out a result somehow, and uh, when when the fourth official put six minutes of injury time up, the the assumption was from most people in the press box that they were gonna they were gonna score another uh, injury time winner and kind of save themselves, and obviously it 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 kind of panned out completely differently and. You know, Korea deserved the win. They played really well. Um, I mean, obviously, that they, they were still alive in the tournament, so they had a little glimmer of hope. But, but having said that, um, you know, beating Germany 2-0, what a fantastic result! And a lot of a lot of the kind of post-match reaction has been the sort of negativity that's surrounding the German team. And I, and I think what's been lost in a lot of that noise is how well Korea played that day. Um, they were really well organised. That you know, they'd been defeated in the first two games. It would have been e- easy for them to be thinking about going home, but they put on one of the one of the performances of the tournament. Um, with, I mean, it's been, there's been a, other highlights as well. For example, um, the Colombian fans, and this will be interesting for, for English supporters to, to hear. The Colombian fans when they play Poland in Kazan were just absolutely amazing, and. Um, there was probably about 30,000 of them in a, in a 45,000 capacity stadium. And the noise they made was incredible. The atmosphere they generated was just electric. And um, if they do the same thing in um, in, in Moscow next week, then it, it could be like a, a Columbia home game. Uh, I mean, the other games have done, uh, I saw Spain just get past Iran. Uh, they needed a bit of good fortune with that winning goal. And then, uh, on the opening weekend of the tournament, a little bit of history when uh, France got the first World Cup penalty to be awarded from VAR. So I'm really looking forward to the game tomorrow, which is the French again against Argentina. And um, that, should be a, that should be a great game.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned VAR there. So we'll come on to France and Argentina very shortly. You mentioned VAR. You've been in the stadium <clears> when <throat> a VAR penalty has been awarded. I'll be honest, from a TV point of view, uh, back here in England, it's been... I'll be honest, quite exciting. I've quite enjoyed this kind of new dynamic that it's it's added. It's uh, it's certainly been dramatic, anyway. But I mean, when you're inside the stadium, what's it like when a referee has to run over to the screen? Do, do you see anything on the big screens, or or how how's it kind of portrayed to the fans and the media who are there in the stadium?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see the, you see the incident replayed on the big screen. Um, which is novel, really, because I mean, I think I think the authorities in England, for example, were a little bit worried about showing stuff like that, even when they've got the facility of a big screen to show it. They're a bit worried that it, it could, well, they basically didn't trust fans to behave themselves if they got the, the rough end of the decision. Um, but yeah, it seemed it seemed clearly by everybody in the stadium. Um, for example, when uh, Korea got that that or they had their goal disallowed for offside, and then it was it was correctly given. Everybody knew almost immediately, really, that the referee, as soon as he saw a replay, was going, going to overturn that decision. As the VAR works, I'm, I'm well. I'm a, a little bit old-fashioned, and I, I, I did, didn't want VAR in the, in the first place. Um, not because I'm, I'm somebody who doesn't think that referees should be given the uh, the apparatus to get their decisions right. I just think that football it, it's it's a game that is all about mistakes. And you know, referees make mistakes, players make mistakes, and I don't like this kind of um, what I see as a a kind of drive to sanitize the game Um, and to to kind of take it out of the. Well, let's put it this way: I always thought football was a great game. You you played the the same game in the park as a kid that the professionals played on a Saturday afternoon in a full stadium. Mm -hmm and um i i think the ar changes all that so i'm a, I'm a little bit old fashioned i can see the i can see the argument for bringing it in because obviously these decisions are worth millions of pounds but i, I just um I, I i don't know it just kind of just doesn't sit right with me
1: yeah so it's interesting that the players will be able to see the incident on the big screen as well i mean i'm not quite sure that will go down well with some referees who obviously have clearly you know dropped a, dropped a howler and then the players can just point it straight out to them. I mean, that's uh, quite an interesting dynamic. Um, Anyway, yeah, uh, France and Argentina, you say you'll you'll be at that game tomorrow. You've been in France's press conference uh, at the point of where we're speaking now. Um, How do you see this one going? Because I, I, uh, from my own perspective, I think France have been underwhelming despite their wins. Argentina, obviously, we've been, their struggles have been well documented, but they just about scraped through. So um, potentially an intriguing encounter between two teams who have pretty much underachieved so far would you say
3: yeah, without a doubt and, and and uh Hugo Lloris spoke in the, in the French press conference um that the Topman keeper spoke about how that the, the French squad are aware that they're actually being criticized even at home for the um the kind of lack of um excitement in their performances that they've been quite kind of um workmanlike and, and steady uh, which, when you look at the team that, that France have got, there is an awful lot of scope for you know free-flowing attacking football. You know, there, there, there's there's uh, Pogba, there's Mbappe, Griezmann, Dembele, and you, you're just kind of looking for France to to kind of catch light really and really sort of you know thrill the tournament. Um, maybe that will happen tomorrow. I mean, I think everybody hopes it does um and and argentina they're just so, they're just so strange it's, uh, at, you know at stages during games they've looked absolutely fantastic and at other times they've looked absolutely woeful and you just wonder which you know two different argentines can turn up in the same game um and you just you just hope that you know that last, that last minute um rocco winner uh, that kept them in the tournament that that will that will kind of you know, inspire them in the knockout stages. I mean, they're, they're the kind of team really that no one would fancy playing against in a, in a one-off game um, because they've got such a talent, talented group of attacking players. But I, I think going the other way, there are, there are obvious flaws there, which um, which which the top teams will exploit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, which way do you see this one going? Then it's going to put you on the spot for a prediction. Uh, which of the two at the moment underachieving teams do you, do you think are going to wedge through into the next round?
3: I just I think at the moment you have to go with France um simply because they they have been you know they have kind of ground out the results even when they haven't been playing well won the first two games qualification sealed I know the the, the goal of straw with Denmark was was a, a big disappointment um and you know it was one of the few disappointing games of the tournament um but yeah I just I just think France I've got I've, they've got a better balance um I mean I spoke about the the great attacking players they've got but sort of defensively they've they've looked they've looked quite solid um and I, I just think that balance gives them gives them the edge at the moment
1: yeah so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you on that one I'd say I think I can see france edging through uh, but anyway simon really really yeah. appreciate you speaking to us um well, hopefully we'll maybe we'll maybe catch up before the end of the tournament or before you uh, before you come home but um no, really appreciate it and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow.
3: Yeah, well, I'm hoping, I'll, I'm hoping I'll be back after the final, Aaron, because, I mean, England are, uh, England, are, 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 have reached it, so fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, I say. Fingers crossed that it is indeed coming home. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick
3: one of our favourite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff
0: Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts.
3: Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Simon Mullock joining was there on the Mirror Football Podcast. Good to hear from him as ever. Um, now, guys, anyway, say France, Argentina. We've obviously heard a little bit from Simon there about the fixture, but um, as, as I said to Simon, two teams who haven't really impressed so far at this World Cup. Gulliam how have you seen uh, the, the performance of. First of all, France. Let's start with France.
2: I mean, I think they're a team that hasn't clicked into gear yet and if they do click into gear i think they've got the potential to be utterly frightening you know the power they've got up front with griezmann Giroux they can bring on if they need dembele has the can get round the get around into the wide channels and put in incredible balls um, Pogba and Kante can take and absolutely dictate that midfield against any team in the world, um, but and, but yeah they just haven't clicked into gear yet, and I think if or when they do, they're going to be difficult to stop.
1: Yeah, Jake, can you put your finger on exactly what has quite gone wrong for France this World Cup? Because I mean, for myself, it just seems like they they, they, they almost don't have the. The work rate of some of the other teams in there is it is is that down to motivation or is that down to too many egos perhaps or, or can, can we tell?
0: Yeah, potentially. Yeah, the ego, the ego questions, but it's You know, uh, they've got big personalities. Pogba, Griezmann, are big, a big personalities. Um, it, it seems to be the final third where they're where they're going wrong at the moment. Um, I think they need to. They're just not, as you said, they're just not clicking at the moment. I don't know if there's anything necessary you can put your finger on it. Maybe. Smaller teams are parking the bus against them a little bit and they're they're finding it difficult to break down. Maybe a team that comes at them and plays more expansive football will suit their style.
1: That's exactly what Argentina could do, obviously, given the fact that...
0: Well, absolutely, they've got these players. They've they've got these players to open it up. And also their defences has looked shaky in this competition. So there's definitely space to exploit for France. Yeah, absolutely. If if there's
2: one defence you want... To face it's Argentina's right now, Absolutely, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they're I mean, just the confidence is, is shot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they were they're so lucky to even be in the position that they are in. Um, so I find it incredible that France won't get at least a goal.
1: Yeah, well, so if uh, if France reach anything close to the level that Croatia did, uh, obviously in that group game, then you know, France are going to go through. France should. I mean, they on paper. I think they've got the best squad mm. in the whole competition. It just yeah. obviously, like we say, hasn't quite clicked it's yet. It's a
0: young squad as well. It's a young squad, but I think, you know, they're, they're still growing as a team. They're not, you know, they perhaps don't know each other that well yet. Um, and, you know, more games in this competition is only going to benefit them.
1: No, absolutely. I say from Argentina's point of view, you've alluded it to already, Gully uh, Defensively, they're in absolute shambles. Um but they've still got Lionel Messi, haven't they? They they, they? they they still can pull it out of the bag,
2: and he can he can win any game on his own if he wants to. You know, if he really turns up on the day and the firepower they do have up front, I'm amazed they haven't used Debali yet because mm. I think he's one of the best talents in in European football. Yeah. Um, you know, but with Di Maria, Aguero, it, they they should score two or three a game, but they they just don't seem to be. Clicking as a unit, they seem to be a bunch of individuals playing Even yeah. do that,
0: they. they seem to be they've got a tried and tested method that isn't working. And as you say, it's shocking that De
1: isn't sort of you know being thrown in the deep end. Yeah, um, I say, it, it, like we said with De I've said it on this podcast once before. I think he's the only player in the world right now who's probably valued at over 100 million in the transfer market, probably near 120 million, and yet just can't get a start for his country. I mean, he's staggering, but he shows the the, the strength and depth that Argentina It, do it does, well. but
0: it also shows a lack of confidence, I think. You know, they they have players like Higuain and, and people like that, as I say, a tried and tested method. But maybe it's time to be a bit brave and, and you know, bench one of these players and, and give give him a go, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the odds from Bet Bright for that game. France are 7-5 to to pick up the win. Argentina, 12-5. to The draw to be found at 2-1. to And the Bright bundle, they're back. Uh, Argentina to win and... Them not to pick up a booking in the match sixteen to one. <laughs> not sure fans are like because Argentina are, are generally pretty. Uh, they're generally pretty feisty yeah. team. Uh, I think They'll be
0: doing anything they can to win this game. So um, yeah, I expect to see uh, Rojo yeah. likes a big crunching, All this is it, isn't crunching it? You know, challenge. Mascherano isn't it? as well. You know, he's yeah, not yeah. Scared o- of picking up a card.
1: O- Otamendi likes to dive in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean. Uh, 16-1 to 1, rightly so because I mean it's pretty unlikely that sure. Argentina get for, don't get through a game mm. <laughs> without a booking uh, moving on to the other let's um, say round the 16 game uh, just before we, we finish uh, Uruguay against Portugal um, quite an evenly matched game on paper this one really uh, obviously Portugal we know can be inconsistent but they've been solid and ground out results in the group stages but Uruguay have not conceded a goal yet. I mean, have they not conceded a goal? I, I think I've got that one they're, right. Yeah, they, mm. they haven't conceded a goal. Yeah, um, I, I think this
2: could be the the game of the round actually. Yeah, I agree. I think Ronaldo against Gudin and Suarez against Pepe. I know no, that's is, just, it's uh, just the, it's the matchup that everyone wants.
0: Mm. It's the Madrid derby, El Clasico. It's yeah. all rolled into one, isn't it? You've got you've got Suarez, you know, such a such a key figure, a man who can win a game by himself, and you've got Ronaldo, you know, on the on the other side. So. um yeah, I so mean, as long as the
2: chances mm-hmm. fall to Suarez rather than Cavani, I think
1: Uruguay will do. We'll do all right because Cavani can't seem to hit a barn door. Yeah, so <laughs> you, Uruguay. Interesting, actually, I haven't been particularly impressive. They've been solid, mm. obviously, because they haven't conceded a goal. But they, I mean, they haven't exactly pulled up trees, have they? They've been one of the more boring teams to watch, if you like. Which is quite unexpected when you have Suarez and mm. Cavani, and then obviously the likes of. Um, Carlos Sanchez who they have on the wing is yeah. quite an exciting player and lacks out in there as well they, yeah. they've, they've got a team of exciting players but they haven't actually been that exciting so far
0: no that's true yeah but they're also a hard working team as well you know they know what to do to win games and I think you know it, I think from a from a neutral perspective this game could really be you know one where we see two teams really doing what they can to win this game you know Suarez has got a lot of history in uh, in this in this field and, and, and Ronaldo to, to an extent as well so um I think we can, you know, the referee's got to be on top of this game because I think it does have the potential to um, to test his nerve. I think so. Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. I so say it could very much be like the uh, the old Battle of Rustenburg of two thousand and ten when Portugal took on the Netherlands and. Uh, sure. Yeah. And obviously, I think there was four red cards and seventeen, eighteen yellow mm. cards. It it has got a feeling that it could brew to something like that. They're, they're a team, Uruguay. I think who if you watched every team in the
2: World Cup and said which one of these is managed by Jose Mourinho they're the kind of they're the team that look like they're managed by him <laughs> mm, or rigid, someone yeah. like Simeone obviously they've got Kadeen who's mm. a you know Simeone man right to the heart mm. and I think that they are a, a slightly sort of Atletico Madrid maybe Chelsea in those Mourinho years where they're, they're never sort of favourites but they're very good at just sort of slithering Absolutely, their way yeah. through, and suddenly
0: you find them in a semi-final or, or even the final. And you don't want to be playing against them in, in those they might As you say, they might look like a team that you think on paper, oh yeah, they you know they haven't got the, the standout names like France have potentially, but you know they are a very well-drilled unit, you know, which is which can be rare for for an international team, you know, that these players aren't regularly used to playing with one another. It's, it, can, it can be more rare, but um, they're definitely um, a solid unit, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I say the odds for that game with Bet Bright, Uruguay 9-5, to Portugal 19-10, to and the draw at 2-1, to so the bookies basically can't split them. There's no. almost uh, identical odds there. Uh, the Bright bundle bet, Uruguay to win, Cavani to score, I know you don't like that one, Gully, um, and <laughs> Pepe to be carded. You can get all of that at 8-1, to uh, all thrown together. Um, I say just before we finish, let's get some predictions off you guys. Uh, we'll start with France-Argentina. Gully, who's going through? How are they going through? What what's going to happen in the game? I think France go
2: through, but I can see extra time.
0: Extra time? Yeah. Okay, I, I like I, that. I agree with that completely. I mean, I'd love to say France will open up on them and um, you know score goals for fun. They start clicking and whatever. But I think this game is going to be a dull. I really yeah, do. Yeah, I think I, I think they're going to cancel each other out. There is going to be nerves. There is going to be I don't know. I mean, France are the only team that have you know ground out nil nil. Um, you know, in this stage now, um, I, I agree. Extra time and, and see where it goes from there.
1: I actually can see Argentina winning this one. Yeah, and I, I know they're, they're, they've they've kind of been um, obviously very poor at the back, very suspect at times. But I think the the mentality's changed. I think they've had the wake up call. They know they've got to perform and. At the moment, France haven't had the wake-up call. No. They've scraped through each time, and I think they'll get caught out this time. Uh, so I'm going for Argentina win on that one. Uh, Uruguay and Portugal, uh, Gully. I think this one is so hard to split. I think it, I think
2: it will take a moment of magic from Ronaldo or Suarez or you know one of those two to to to, to open this game up. I don't think there'll be many goals, but I think it'll be a, a very very entertaining game, and I, I can see that I could see this one going all the way actually to to penalties. Mm-hmm. I, I just think both defences look, you know, r- good enough to keep each other out. Mm-hmm. And and I think Ronaldo, even though he's, everyone says he's played well, he, he did, you know, in the first game against Spain, he, he scores a penalty, one that De Gea should save and, a, and an amazing free kick. Mm. And then he misses a penalty in his last game. So I think he he hasn't maybe been the, the outstanding talent that everyone says he has, but I think obviously he can... We know he steps up to the mark
0: when he needs to. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's gonna be, he's gonna want to be top boy on that pitch, as as is Suarez though. So you know, there's definitely gonna be a clash of personalities. Uh, personally, I think I'm gonna put my money with uh, with Uruguay. I think they can do enough to to win this in in uh, you know in the ninety minutes. So um, obviously, you can as you say, never write out write off uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, but I I'm gonna go for for a Uruguay win.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going to go Portugal but on penalties I think it will go all the way uh, very close indeed uh, but anyway guys thank you very much really appreciate joining us on uh, the latest edition of the Mirror Football World Cup daily podcast brought to you in association with Pet Bright we're here as always every single day of the World Cup you can get us on Acast iTunes Spotify any of the likes and um, yeah we'll be back tomorrow so until then enjoy the football and uh, we'll see you tomorrow
3: you doing there it is david from the david mcwilliams podcast and this is a stay cast from a cast we're all following the government's advice right now we're staying in it's a little bit cocooning but it's all working so while you're staying at home here's a recommendation of another great podcast it's the blind boy podcast he's an old mate he's a great skin he has extraordinarily interesting views of the world check it out